0: Welcome back to Fundraising Projects Podcast. This week on uh, the podcast, we have Ben Chambers, a certified fundraising executive, who's going to talk to you about long-term fundraising strategy and the attitudes and behaviours you need to adapt to run a successful fundraising campaign. We're going to be talking about how to ask for advice in return for money instead of asking for money immediately. So asking for advice instead of asking for money will give you many more returns than asking for money straight away. So we're going to be talking about networking, we're going to be talking about philanthropy and giving yourself grace because you've decided to raise money for a charity and that is an act of philanthropy itself. So ben, Ben's going to go into a lot more detail with you. And help you avoid the mistakes the general fundraiser makes. So enjoy the episode, and I'll speak to you at the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is really great that you're doing this, and I, I love seeing initiatives to kind of help share the share the love and spread the word and help each other out as fundraisers. Um, so my name is Ben Chambers. I am a fundraising consultant with a group called Team Cat and Mouse. That's Cat with a K, and we work with uh fundraisers and organizations across the united states um to help them develop fundraising strategies to train organizations so that fundraisers have the skills they need to go out and do the job engage with donors raise money and hopefully at the end of the day make this a profession or we can cut down on that uh retention issue that we're all dealing with where people get the skills they need to stay in jobs and thrive in jobs and in turn, organizations can find the right people and retain the right people so that they can maintain growth over a period of time. But, um, you know, we're really deep in the trenches of all pieces of fundraising. The, the three of us who do this, um, if there's a part of fundraising, one of us has touched it in some way. So we really like working with organizations, getting in there and doing some actionable work with them to mm-hmm. get them up and running and to really enhance their fund development.
0: Yeah. And did you start, Is was was fundraising your career or was it, did you do something yeah. before or have you dedicated your time to doing this?
1: Yeah. So fundraising is my career. So I joke that I got into fundraising the traditional way, which is to say totally by accident. Um, I started off in the academic space and um, transitioned into working in politics and, um, as you know, politics in the United States is all fundraising and that's kind of the skill that I took away from it and transitioned that over into the nonprofit space. So better part of a decade, I've been doing this. I worked, um, for a large public media organization and, um, as a development director at a growing nonprofit focused on mental health and suicide prevention. So I sort of covered some different, uh, different realms within the nonprofit social impact space and, uh, just earlier this year made the leap into
0: consulting. Amazing. And I guess with the team Cat and Mouse, you're helping a variety of different fundraisers. You're, you're like you like I said, you're not you're not just focusing on one cause, you're focused on a lot of different ones. So.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and the great thing about it is there's so many great causes out there and you don't get um you know, you don't spend all your time just working on one. There's so many good things happening in this in this sector. So we get to really have our hands on a lot of great stuff.
0: Yeah. So so uh, how long have you been in the fundraising space for? And uh, what lessons, what main lessons have you learned? Um, it, yeah, maybe w- yeah. What? yeah, let's go from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been in fundraising for going on a decade. The um, biggest lessons, it's hard to boil that down into a few. Um, the biggest lesson that I think is an underappreciated lesson is that as fundraisers, there's so many different things that are placed on. So within organizations, you know, maybe you don't have a marketing person, maybe you don't have a volunteer manager, maybe you have all these different things. So these jobs just kind of accumulate on the desks of fundraisers mm-hmm. and they're important things, but it's so easy to lose sight of what's most important in this profession. So um, I always encourage people to think of development work as a, as a triage of sorts where, you know, you sit down, you have your tasks that are mission critical, that, you know, we've got to hit our financial goal around the able to, to make payroll next month. So that's yeah. that's what you got to focus on first. When you're done with that, you've got sort of that second tier of things that are important but not absolutely essential to the work. And then finally, there's that like aspirational category of things that hopefully you get to eventually. And as a fundraiser, you have to be willing to not only do that, but then to really advocate to have it done that way because. So often people look at you like, "Why, why didn't you get all this done?" You have to say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm one person. I'm not five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have to really be deliberate about what's most important in this work because otherwise, I think that's where a lot of fundraisers struggle is because it's hard to focus in on those most important things, and a lot of stuff gets lost and shuffled along the way.
0: Yeah, and I think for an independent fundraiser who uh, is work wants to. Wants to just raise. Uh, I've I've set myself a uh, one pound a mile uh, milestone to start with. So I'm doing 200 miles okay. for cancer research. Um, Great. Right. I think I, I'm struggling at the moment with the exposure um, and maybe getting my point across why I'm doing the the fundraising aspect of it. So maybe. So I'm sure other fundraisers struggle with uh, because I. I don't want to just focus on asking family and friends. I want to go, I want to go to a broader audience and say, this is what I'm doing. Right. How, how do I get my message out there? And I guess, how do I, how do my the people that listen to this, get their message heard as well?
1: Yeah, that's, that's one of the hardest points in sort of a fundraising life cycle is getting started, getting that like initial bit of momentum and the advice. I, I would have a couple pieces. I would say, um, first of all, get out there and try to get meetings with people um whoever you can think of beyond that immediate circle of friends and family be it people you know on linkedin people you know in your community people you know have an affinity for these things you'll be surprised at how often people are willing to have a conversation about a great cause and cancer research is obviously one of the best um i i always tell people that it's not um it's not door to door sales. It's not, you know, you're not calling to sell people a new internet package. Um, if you tell people, you know, I'm, I'm raising money for this thing. That's so important and so important to me. And, um, the absolute worst outcome you'll get is a flight now. Um, but frequently what you'll get is, um, you'll get, Warm advice, a friendly reception—you'll get a, people who really, really do care about talking to you. And in that way, I never turn down a meeting because it may be that out of every ten meetings you have, nine go nowhere, but the one that does go somewhere goes somewhere transformational. So, mm-hmm. um, I would really encourage you with that. And when you're having those conversations, there's an old adage in fundraising that is: um if you ask for money, you'll get advice; if you ask for advice, you'll get money. Um, so. You know, you don't want to sit down with someone and first thing say, hey, can I, I'm raising money for this. Mm-hmm. It's important to say, hey, I'm doing this. I really care about it. Um, what can you recommend to me? Who can I talk to? What people in the community care about this kind of stuff? And how can I, um, you know, how can I in turn take this and and do something special with it? And sometimes it is just advice you get. Sometimes it's great advice. Sometimes it's advice that maybe isn't what you're hoping for, but sometimes it is, well, let, Maybe I'll get involved too. So, um, and then finally, I'd say once you've built those relationships and once you've gotten to know people, you've gotten through those initial meetings, um, the, the ask can also be the hard part. So maybe you meet with some people, maybe you know, they're a good fit and they'd want to get involved. That's where a lot of people kind of get shy and where it, it gets uncomfortable for us. But, you know, you've got to be willing to get, to get over that hump, to lean into that discomfort and be willing at some point to say, can you join me in this? Um, But just like with asking for a meeting, people people have a hard time getting mad when you say you're raising money for cancer research. Um, They'll they'll be friendly and supportive, and even the nose will be warm, supportive nose.
0: Okay, amazing. So um, will you help me raise money by putting $1 down for one of my miles? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So something like that, I guess. I, yeah it's it, it's hard to ask for money it is hard and i'm and i'm sure other people they they go with a comfort okay I'm, i can rely on my family and friends but if you want to generate if you want to be like somebody who wants to fundraise a million two million pounds you can't keep asking your fam, family and friends and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i was talking to another expert in the non-profit space and he said you've got to be you gotta find other creative ways to generate revenue. And then maybe if you have a business, then you use some of those profits and you put it into your fundraising campaign. I think there's yeah. alternative ways you can raise money. But
1: Right. Absolutely. And, and and where you talk about like the big goals, like talking one to two million pounds. That's that's when it becomes important that you're not the only person um out advocating for your cause, that you have people who are also willing to go out and champion because you're right, you've only got so many friends and family, like our network, we can be the best networker in the world, but we've all got our limits as to who we can talk to and who we can reach. So, you know, as you grow, hopefully your donors become your advocates and bring in their friends and family and their people. They become donors and advocates and you think of those sort of like concentric circles that just grow and grow and grow mm-hmm. and then lead to revenue over time. You know, that's, that's hopefully uh the, the trajectory as a successful fundraising effort is on.
0: Yeah. So so when you're when you're consulting what kind of advice are you giving the fundraisers?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. It is for me it's been different for everyone I've worked with. Um you know, I've worked with organizations that are in a similar position to what you're talking about where they have an idea that they just want to get off the ground and kind of trying to figure out what are those those first three or four steps that we need to take to get some momentum to actually build an organization. But a lot of times it's people have a a more mature nonprofit and they're focusing on, you know, Hey, we've struggled to get grant funding. So what kind of strategy can we put in place? I do a lot of grant writing, a lot of prospecting, a lot of helping people figure out um, who's out there. That's giving money away that, that has alignment with you and with your mission. Um, then there's a lot of just one-on-one coaching of those different pieces of fundraising that we've kind of touched on of the networking, of the asking, of the how do we manage our tasks and how do we build a um, a strategy and an approach that is going to be sustainable over time and going to lead us to something that um, where there's revenue at the end of the day. So all those kind of just day-to-day things that come up for fundraisers, we, we really like to be there to be a resource for them.
0: Mm-hmm. and and what uh, i guess if somebody's considering starting to fundraise and it's maybe their first week or so of doing it um and you've got i think you've got to believe that you're going to raise the money um that you need to but what steps yeah. should somebody take in the in the first weeks of you know starting to raise money
1: yeah you're right to have a goal that's 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 a very important thing because if you're just saying i'm going to raise some money and see what happens it, it, it makes the effort a little um a little ill-defined so knowing what you're trying to raise and then from there figuring out okay who who are the friends and family who i think will get what's the first place that i think money is going to come in then kind of build it out from there figure out how much money do i need to get from community partners how much money do i need to go out and um uh, you know maybe find sponsors for or Figure out kind of those buckets of how do these different groups add up to that final goal. And then if you can get this granular with the data, figure out when you're going to raise it. Like, when do I need to hit this amount? When do I need to hit this amount? What's what's the pace I need to be on so I can get to this date with this dollar amount in the bank? So that can be a tricky thing starting out, especially with a new initiative, because if you've been doing it for a while for cause and organization, you've got history to fall back on and, you know, yep. you can kind of say, I know which people will give what, when, and all that. So there's a little bit of guesswork involved when you're make, taking that initial step to fundraise, but doing what you can to have a structure and a plan and a goal and a timeline, but giving yourself a little bit of grace along the way too, to know that, um, you know, things may change. Things may, there may have to be adjustments and that, you know, it's, it, it, that that's part of a new venture that there's going to be some, some learning and some growth that takes place along the way
0: plus if you're if you're like me and you just you're just doing it out of the kindness of your heart to support a great cause then you shouldn't be too yeah. hard on yourself if you don't achieve all your my, milestones you're, you're
1: exactly yeah it's um you know the the word philanthropy translates to love of humanity and so you're engaging in an act of philanthropy which is an act of love of humanity so no matter where you end up, it's a noble and honorable thing, and that that's an important thing to always keep front of mind too. no matter what you do, you know it, more people need to be doing those things, and they, there's there's pride everyone should take undertaking an act of philanthropy like that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, just a little background about the fundraising project. If you are listening, uh, my granddad has a stage four pros- prostate cancer. And I'm dedicating my September to, to cycle 200 miles, um, with using my hand cycle. So, uh, I, I've, I've had ankle surgery. I'm recovering from ankle surgery and I'm using my hand cycle, um, to pedal with my hands for 200 miles this September. So let's continue the conversation. I'm really enjoying it, but I wanted to make sure the listeners knew what my fundraising project was. Um, so good for you. Yeah thank you yeah. so you've you've shared a few tips and you've you've spoke about how you help uh, other fundraisers are there any uh, we we spoke about lessons as well are there any things that i haven't asked you that could help a, a fellow fundraiser like me um raise awareness
1: yeah i would um You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet that I think I would, I would throw out there is to, you know, obviously you want to network with people in your community, but figure out, I would especially see where in the business community there are people who might want to get on board with you. Um, Mm -hmm. especially for something like what you're doing, where if you're, if it's a pledge per mile raise, that, that, that's a fun, um, that's a fun kind of initiative. And, you know, businesses like, I think there's an altruistic element where they like being involved in a good cause, but, um, you know, businesses being businesses also like being tied to a good cause for the publicity it gives them. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's human nature. That's business. That's um, how it works. But, you know, figure out who you can go to and say, I'm doing this. Do you want to get involved? Or if you're, you know, if you're going to have a shirt, if you're going to have any kind of collateral, they can put their logo on there so they can be, they can be sort of tied to you, and um, figure out those ways that you can give a little bit of extra value to them because there's going to be an inclination, I think, to uh, to help you out. But if you can go that extra mile and give them a little something where they're a little more um, visibly tied to you, I think that that
0: can be helpful. So use because I, I was thinking of um, doing a few Facebook lives using the social media platform um, network continuing my networking. Uh I was also yeah. going to speak to two of the churches that I'm that are in my local area which I great. have been to. Great. So they could they they could help. Um, great. Yeah. Schools probably isn't the right place to go, but um yeah. I'm gonna yeah. reach out definitely reach out. Churches to, definitely churches and uh, people in my network that want the extra publicity and they want to support me okay
1: right absolutely yeah okay a great idea
0: yeah and um i was listening so i went on a small walk this morning and i was listening to another fundraising podcast and he was talking about a successful fundraising campaign that he had helped somebody so somebody with muscle dystrophy she wanted to raise five thousand pounds but in the end she managed to get celebrity endorsement and raised 50,000 which is astonishing. Right. What kind yeah. of um fundraising campaigns have you been a part of that have been successful that maybe we could hear that would um give us some you know hope.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've been a part of some um peer to peer fundraising campaigns that have been successful. So um, those are the type of thing where, you know, you set a goal and you work through a platform. Um and you basically everyone tries to get out. It's within a quick period of time, usually twenty four to forty-eight hours, and they try to, you know, work their networks, talk to their family and friends, talk to their business partners, talk to anyone they know might have an inclination to give, and um, you know, see if by the end of it you can raise um a set amount of money. The last one we did. Was a campaign for seventy thousand uh, dollars. We raised thirty-five thousand dollars in advance. So those were essentially matching funds. So anyone who gave on the day of the campaign, there—if you gave one dollar, it was matched. So you really gave two dollars. Um, so people can kind of feel that impact, and you get that those warm, fuzzy feelings of goodwill that everyone has because everyone's engaged and trying to hit a goal. You've got a timer, and you're trying to run out and get everyone you can. So. Things like that are pretty successful. And, um, you know, there's a lot of platforms out there that'll help you do something like that. So if you, if you think you've got a big enough community you can work with, um, that's a good way to get a campaign. Uh, it's, I, I've seen people get celebrities involved and things like that. That's always, um, that's kind of like winning lottery. I feel like that's, I, <laughs> I've never been lucky enough to have that happen. I've always hoped <laughs> it but you know, someone with that level of platform put it out there and pulling in all their people. Um, so if you know any celebrities, I would definitely recommend <laughs> filling that uh, route.
0: But uh Yeah, I only had I had I did have some good news. My other podcast talking with experts. Um yeah. someone's agent reached out, he's a professional rugby player. So I'm going right. to talk with him. He has his own um startup, but I'm gonna talk with okay. him. And uh, let's see. You know, there's an opportunity in the conversation. Always opportunity in conversation. So, who knows where it will lead? But, yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And those are those are the kinds of things that um, you know. Like I said, ask ask for advice and see where it takes you. Because you know, mm. you never know who's gonna um, who's gonna really latch onto what you're doing and, and want to either give you money or visibility or connections or any of those things that are that are just so valuable. So, um, so yeah, that's. That, that, that's the best advice I have for campaigns, at least starting out. You know, I've been, I've been part of bigger campaigns, with bigger organizations, um, but that were, you know, we, I worked for nonprofit radio stations. So we'd have pledge drives and, mm-hmm. you know, we had the, the, the great luxury of having a, having a radio transmitter, which most people don't. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it's, kind of a different, uh, different space.
0: So do you think, I know this, this is a podcast, but do you think I should, Reach out to the radio broadcasters or you and try and get the message out that way,
1: yeah, 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 I would um put together a press release, there's all kinds of templates online to say what you're doing um yeah, sent to the radio stations, the t v stations, the newspapers, um you know those things sometimes I think I've sent them out, and I've heard nothing, sometimes I sent up press press releases, and I've had good luck with it, so um it never hurts to do that, so i I would absolutely encourage you to um yeah put together a press release and see what kind of traction
0: you can get yeah I think it's worth it uh and and now yeah. i've now I've kind of got over the obstacle of uh, networking and communicating with different people all over the world um, right i there's there's no harm in me reaching out to radio reaching out to TV reaching out to other people exactly yeah you've got yeah. to go you've got to yeah, go you've got to go deep yeah
1: yeah, and there will be a lot of um you know it, you cast a wide net, you'll get a lot of a lot of people who don't answer, but the people who do will lead you to good places. So
0: yeah, and that of yeah. the start where you said that don't ask for money straight away, ask for advice, and then you'll potentially get money. That's a really good right tip that I'm going to be. I guess that I'm I'm, I'm already following it, but sometimes I don't put those things <laughs> in books. So yeah. I'm going to use that. I'm going to right right take that quote and put it on the website. <laughs> good good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, um, let me think. What tips do you have for someone raising money for charity? I guess we've kind of covered yeah, that. I would,
1: yeah, I would say just everything I've covered. Cast a wide net. Don't be afraid to network and know when it's time to make the ask and don't be afraid to do it. Um, or I shouldn't say don't be afraid because fear is natural, but I would say um, be be bold enough to make the ask when the time comes.
0: Yeah, and and... and
1: and appreciate the importance of what you're doing. That no matter what the answer is, you're doing good work,
0: mm-hmm. going out and trying to raise money. Yeah, being being noble, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess I can only think of one other question. Uh, yeah. What do you see um, most fundraisers, uh, what, what, what do you see are the most common mistakes that people make right at the start or during their campaign? That maybe they could not do to have more success.
1: That's a that's a good question. Um I would say the thing we touched on a little bit of um being afraid to make the ask or being afraid to do the networking. Um, it's easy to kind of lay back and do the behind the scenes work and to um, to give yourself an excuse to not go out and kind of hit the pavement, go out and talk to people. So um That's a big one, and I would say, gosh, what are some other mistakes people make? Not, I I would say not finding the people who can be champions for your cause, where after you've done that initial networking, and and this is really something that applies more toward long-term charity efforts, but Mm -hmm. um, not trusting other people to go out and fundraise for you or to help you fundraise or to fundraise on your behalf, um, because you can't do it alone. You think... Like I said, you think of how limited our own networks are, and how many people you have if you really want to hit a critical mass. Um, so, not having that team mindset when you go into fundraising because um, mm-hmm. that, that that's going to ultimately be the foundation of of sustainable fundraising long term.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got a few friends joining me uh, at different times of the ride, so I could always ask them to spread the word in their networks. As yeah. Well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. then, and and then what you, yeah, and then what you said before is look after the donors, look after the people that have supported you, whether it's a gift here or there, whatever, you know, show, show that you're grateful right. for their donation.
1: Right. Well, yeah, and that leads to an important point. One, that's another mistake people make is that you know the gift isn't the end of the relationship; it's the beginning. That you want to stay in touch with people, you want to thank them, and if you want to keep doing this. You know, if you want to do this again next year, let's say, and hope that they give again. You know, you want to stay in touch. You don't want to just get the gift and be done with it and assume the relationship is over. But you want to, you want to cultivate it into, into something that that can be a long term thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's 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 social media for that. So thank thank yeah. goodness for LinkedIn, yep. Facebook. Do you think? Okay, so uh, I've just had another idea pop into my head. Um, yeah. Which platform? on social media is the best one for um communicating your fundraising project is there one
1: that's a great question i would i don't think there's one i think the best the best social media promotion is all of them um so i would say definitely linkedin facebook and instagram are probably the big three twitter if if you have time but you know you don't want to buy it off more than you can chew also mm-hmm. but um, you know, knowing that you have different people on different networks and that kind of coordinating across them is the way to do it. And that um, it can be challenging getting people to give directly through social media, where it's good to share the information and the links and what you're doing. But um, a lot of time, times, the ask needs to happen face to face on a phone call, via an email or a text message or something like that, just because. We consume so much information. I mean, every time we get on Facebook, who knows how many different, like, unique bits of information we're consuming in and how much we're, how much junk we're filling our brain with. Um, <laughs> and this isn't junk, this stands out, but I mean, I think we're buried in the junk by people who look at it. Um, so, knowing that that's almost uh, doing that is a good marketing strategy so you can build awareness and put it out there. And then when you're going through those other channels, hopefully people have that kind of pre built awareness of what you're trying to do.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's it's so important to share stories. Uh, that's one one thing mm-hmm. I need to start doing more. Why am I doing yes. it? What's the reason? And get people to fall in yep. love with me and the the cause. Okay, absolutely. Well, some really absolutely. great tips there. Really great tips there. Good. I, I don't want to take up any good, more of good. your time. I've really enjoyed myself, uh, and I thank you again for appearing as a fundraising project guest. Um, what absolutely. I, what I would like to do is give you some time to share more about cat and mouse or how people can get in contact with you after this, but all the, all the notes will be in the show notes.
1: Good. Yeah. Great. Well, um, first of all, I appreciate being here. I admire what you're doing. Um, I'll be thinking about you and your grandfather and everything you're going through. It's, it's so inspiring seeing people going through what you're going through and then want to give back and make a difference. So, um, truly I commend you for what you're doing. Um, if people want to get in touch with me, you can go to our website. It's teamcatandmouse.com. It's cat with a K. Uh, my email is Ben at teencatandmouse.com. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I am, I probably do a little bit too much on LinkedIn. Sink <laughs> 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 like a lot of time into that. But, um, so yeah, we, and anyone who's looking to, um, especially within a nonprofit to grow, um, to grow their fundraising, to find some training, to find some support, um, we we really uh, we love working within the sector with anyone who's trying to do good in the world. So um, we'd love to hear from you and um, shoot me a message, shoot me an email. We'd uh, we'd love to talk.
0: Thank you again for listening to this week's episode on the Fundraising Projects Podcast to help you as a fellow fundraiser hit your financial milestones and also for the fundraising experts to share their advice on how to create a successful fundraising campaign. So thank you again, Ben, for sharing your wisdom on long-term fundraising strategy and the mistakes you often see when people are starting their fundraising journey. Thank you again for sharing your wisdom. And if you want to get any more information from ben chambers then go to cat team cat and mouse or have a look in the show notes down below for all the other links and details i'll speak to you next week because tomorrow uh, next week we have mark al duncan sharing his advice on fundraising from a completely different perspective so make sure to uh, listen to that and i'll see you very soon